1: only redeemable via pampers club pampers cash has no cash value
0: you go in your room and you do this and you've lost your screens
1: what fresh hell laughing in the face of motherhood give me your phone give me your phone with
0: margaret Aples and amy wilson do not write checks with your mouth that you are not going to cash a podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to what works amy Hello, everyone, and welcome to the What
1: Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood podcast. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, we're talking about punishing kids. What does and doesn't work? (laughs) What works, Amy? Locking (laughs) them in the yard? Just screaming at the top of your lungs, I can't stand it anymore work. I've been doing a little of that this week. I've done some good research in this one. There's some good studies and there's definitely a lot of like, here's what you can't do. And I think we'll go through that and then we'll talk about like what actually works. How's that sound? Good.
0: I have I have a lot of thoughts on
1: this. So uh I think we should just dive in. There's a lot to say. You know, as I was looking online at the, about the the different research and advice that's out there, so much of the advice about punishment and discipline is from the sort of Spare the rod, spoil the child. Crowd, I'll call them, and that's not where we're coming from. I think, but then there's a mm, whole other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like th- things were better. Oh yeah, when a, for sure. You could pull a switch off a tree and take care of your problems. Let's talk about the things that are off the table, right? Corporal punishment. We're not going to discuss that for at least for for you and I and every psychologist and study out there. Corporal punishment is a bad idea and remarkably ineffective if the goal is to create a happy and moral child.
0: And we may have people who are listening who grew up in a spanking switch kind of a culture. And that may still be what you're doing. But there's not a lot to back up that that is an effective form of discipline.
1: The other thing that I think kind of needs to stop, and I will screed about this, is I think the sort of performative social media punishments that have become a thing like need to go yeah, away. I'm not
0: a fan. The whole like look at me I'm making my kid walk to school with an I'm a bully shirt on. Yes. in the cold.
1: Yes. And then I'm going to yeah, shame that's... her on social media and get 13 million views and get myself on the Today show about it. Like I think that is you you are not creating a very good relationship with your child going forward. You're teaching them how to bully. We are against corporal punishment. But understand
0: that there is a cultural and social background, which may be hard to cut off immediately. But we are 100% against the (laughs) I'm a bully and walking in the snow pictures on social media.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's no other side for that. As I was researching this, I was seeing lists that were like 10 hilariously creative ways to punish your kids. And I'm like, okay, that is not the bar. That is not what we're doing (laughs) in this episode. We're not gonna be (laughs) hilariously creative. That may land you
0: on morning television. Like, no, that's not the calculation here.
1: And I can't say I haven't ever enjoyed those. Remember the one that was like there was like a fighting shirt. It was like a giant men's Okay, that one's funny. Okay, that one was funny.
0: That that one I don't really have a big problem with. I just don't like the marching in the snow with like a I mean, that's you're in your house and it's kind of a goof. I mean, again, whatever. I, I didn't actually do it, but the, like walking around with an I'm a bully it, it just doesn't seem like it's really addressing the
1: problem. I don't think shaming, yeah. So 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 one is like getting your social media likes up by doing it is a bad idea. I think shaming your kids in general is a very ineffective punishment technique. I mean anyway, it's going to lead to more problems than you're trying to to solve when you do that. And the other thing that I think we need to take off the table because experts sort of say like, mm, no, that's a bad idea. Again, going to cause more problems is that, like the silent treatment, like love withdrawal as a punishment method. Hmm. Really? Like I'm not going to, I'm not now, I'm kind of a fan of love withdrawal. I'm not going to look at you or talk to you or, or literal love withdrawal. So there was a study done by Dr. Martin Hoffman that kids who were exposed to love withdrawal as a punishment technique, it, you know, tended to have, less developed morality, worse emotional health, and do more bad stuff.
0: Wait a minute. Is the timeout considered a love withdrawal technique? No, 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 no. Oh, mean- okay. So I, I'm, I'm hearing the wrong thing because I'm like, wait. Because I often, the advice I often give people, I had a friend recently who has a kid who's biting, like an 18-month-old. And she said, well, what do you do? Like with a kid who's biting, like the kid doesn't talk. You can't rationalize with them. They're kind of just it's some sort of like sensory seeking thing. They're not really doing it to be, you know, they're not biting to be like, I want to hurt you. They're just kind of biting because they don't really get it. A lot of kids are biters. And my advice was like, to me, biting shuts off the mommy machine. You say no. And then like whatever play and fun is going on shuts off. And like you blank face it. Cause you don't like when you're like, no biting. It's like, you're kind of, you're feeding something. They're getting negative attention. You just go to zero attention. Like the mom machine shuts down. That's different. But is that considered, that's not considered love withdrawal.
1: That's not love. Like love withdrawal is I'm not going to speak to my teenager for a week or look at him because I'm so mad about, about what he did.
0: Oh, okay. That's bonkers. All like right. like we're, emotional, we're, uh, like I'm emotional games. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. So we're pretty much in agreement on what the, uh, don't do these things, but then what's left? I know you have a lot of research, but I would like to
0: start with my top of the mountain punishment advice. Is that okay? Yes. I have. This is the advice that I feel like is my touchstone. Connected consequences. As often as possible, your behavior
1: causes you to lose the thing you were
0: misbehaving with or about.
1: This is the goal. I mean, the whole idea of letting the punishment fit the crime, right? Which is like the, the saying which... People have been talking about that for years. That's actually a Gilbert and Sullivan lyric. Let the punishment fit the crime. Yeah. Would I you like to up. sing a little for us, Amy? I shall in something time. Let the punishment fit the crime. That's it's from the Mikado. That's where that's where it came oh. from. I thought it was guys. Gonna be... You didn't know you were getting a
0: Mikado reference. I didn't today. know either. Did you
1: when you turned on this podcast? I thought it was going to be like Saint Augustine, but no, it was it was Gilbert and Sullivan came up with that phrase. And I do think that yeah, we do when you can do that that's great. And we can talk, definitely talk about the ways that that works, but there are lots of times when that's not applicable that, that or trying to, or trying to find the way that the punishment fits the crime. There isn't always a a fit. I'm not sure that the goal is that that needs to be the primary goal.
0: I just think I know as having been a kid and having kids now that punishment randomness and lack of consistency is frustrating and I was like a high sense of justice child and I have a high sense of justice child and so it's like okay if you know you're allowed to use my computer to look at x and you use my computer to look at y you do not get to use my computer for a week like you need to be responsible in using your things you left your bike at the park you lost it you now don't have a bike until you can raise enough money to get a new bike. Like anytime you can connect the consequences to the crime, it just, it feels very organic and it doesn't feel like the thing of like, you rolled your eyes at me two weeks with no phone. It's like, wait, what's like, it doesn't have anything to do with each other. And the kid just ends up feeling like my life is a random series. Kids have so little control that like you give them that feeling of like, my life is just a random series of events that I have no control over and I'm constantly in trouble. And my kids are just getting to that age where they're like, "I'm always in
1: trouble." I'm like, "You're not always in trouble. When you do X, you get Y." But when, so yeah, so so when you when there's a clear connection and you can make it, great. But the goal is, I think, to always have the kid understand why what's happened has happened. If there's a punishment that doesn't fit the crime, you need to make sure the kid understands, like, "I did something wrong, and here's why." And as you say, not make it about like. Poor me, like two weeks without my phone. You can't believe how awful my mom is. And now we've completely forgotten what the what the problem was. The problem was what the kid did, not it's so unfair to live in this house with my terrible mother. It is about keeping the focus on the action that caused the the punishment. So I think, yeah, yeah. the easy answer is let the punishment fit the crime, but I think that doesn't that that's that's possible like 20% of the time. And so what do you do the other the rest of the time to like you hit your brother, no I'm going to hit you. Well that's that's a punishment that fits the crime, but it's <laughs> no, a terrible idea. No, that's exactly idea. right. That's what I do.
0: You hit your brother,
1: <laughs> I'm going to punch you.
0: No, that that's not.
1: That doesn't So work. so that's so that's an example of like okay, so in that case, what do we do to make it edifying? Like do punish does punishing a kid always ideally it has to have a sort of well, I've learned a lesson. Like that's that's ideally a part of it. Is it a fail punishment if it doesn't have that? I don't know if it's that they have to learn a lesson, but it is the overall
0: lesson of life that my behavior constantly affects my personal outcome. And so that's what you want punishment to do. Like, oh, I snuck down. Using an example from today, I woke up at 6 a.m., snuck down, went into the cookie cabinet and ate seven cookies and then didn't want any breakfast. I now don't get dessert for the next three nights. So I would rather have dessert than sneak down at seven o'clock in the morning and eat a bunch of cookies. So I have put together why I want to make different choices, you know? And, And maybe these examples seem very easy and one to one, but you really want it to be like, I love playing video games with my brother. But when my brother frustrates me during a video game, I also really like to punch him in the face. But if I punch him in the face, I am banned for video games for the rest of the day. I don't want that consequence. So when I'm frustrated with my brother, I have to find a way around that so I don't lose the thing I want. Like, that's your entire life. And that's the formula you're trying to set up. It's accountability. And when you lose it and you get, yeah, there's a continuity. There's just a, oh, two choices. I'm going to try to make the better one because it's in my own self interest. And it's hard. Like there are definitely times where I'm driving down the highway and I'm like, if one more person says one more word, I'm going to turn this car around. Like whatever. Like everybody gets into that mode where you're just like, I'm screaming crazy things. My sister tells a story once where she saw a mom with a bunch of young kids at the park and she screamed at them. That's it. We're never going outside again. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, we've all been there. Like that's not a normal punishment for misbehaving at the park, but it's just something to orient yourself for. And it's also something that you can very much set up with like another thing we talk a lot about is expectations. Like what are my expectations around letting you ride your bike to the park with your friends? Okay. If anyone, I live in a real small town. If anyone, if I hear anybody say that they saw you guys misbehaving being rude to other people, you're done with this activity. This is an activity you like, but it comes with an expectation.
1: Okay, so the goal for a child is to have accountability, and true accountability comes when they take responsibility for what they did and make it better. But then they also don't do it again, whether or not you're there. Exactly. There's a part to what you were saying about like uh, I want to hit my brother, but I'm not going to because all <laughs> those video games. Maybe, maybe eventually get them to I shouldn't hit my brother because. I shouldn't hit my brother, but but it's it's enough as a first step to be because then I will lose something I want, so it doesn't matter if my mom is looking or not. I'm not going to do that. You, so you want to create the accountability, and also you've developed the
0: muscle of I want to do something, but I will not do it. I will control
1: myself because I don't want to face the consequences. So that's what the goal is. And Dr. Laura Markham, who's a child psychologist, she says that if the goal is accountability that punishments might not work at all. And I want to talk about why she says that right after this. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to Lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, Lumen.me, and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so Dr. Laura Markham, she suggests that punishments might not work at all because, I thought these were interesting Interesting points, and I don't necessarily agree, but they do help me focus on. So, what is a good punishment? She says, as you brought up before, that that punishment can focus a child on feeling sorry for themselves that they've lost their phone for two weeks instead of what they did. You tell your kid they're a bad person; that's a self fulfilling prophecy. I mean, I don't tell my kids they're bad people, but I guess no. But I do
0: have kids who will be like, "I'm like, you have to stop screaming. I've asked you ten times. Your brother's trying to do his homework," and my kid will be like, "You think I'm a bad kid?" It's so frustrating. Oh, yeah. Like, I
1: don't think you're a bad. Yeah, kid like- <laughs> stop it. Right. But they're they're succeeding in changing the subject. You think I'm a bad kid? Like, stop yelling at your brother. Like it's 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 frustrating, but they but it's right. a, the punishment is an opportunity for them to change the subject. A punished kid, she suggests, learns not to get caught doing the thing sometimes more than not to do the thing. I am so about to give
0: this lady a tweet tweet, but okay, keep going.
1: She's not saying punishing is bad because it's because your your child is a soft place to fall. She's right that punishing a kid for you know smoking after school my, or juuling, I guess I should say after school is just going to teach them like don't do it where the teacher saw you, and it also puts the onus on the parent like to make the choices for the kid. Like we want to move the kid towards accountability for their actions, and they can't do that when they're two, but they can do that when they're sixteen. And so, for sure. so you're 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 moving towards. It really, it really stuck with me, her idea that like accountability means they're not going to do the thing because they've learned that they shouldn't do the thing. Not, I'm not going to do the thing because if mom sees me. Well, all right, that's a very good,
0: I retract my tweet tweet. That's a very good point. And I think, and I've talked about before, like the hearth tender idea that like you are the tender of the hearth, but the consequence of like being at the nice warm hearth that everybody wants to be at is behaving according to the society of the family. And so I think that whole thing is like. That's something that's every day. That's not about punishing. That's not about like you can do whatever you want and then you catch your kid with cigarettes or jewel and you're like, uh oh, no, no phone for three weeks. Like that's not gonna have any relationship to it. You wanna be like the society of my family does not value smoking. And so I don't wanna give up all that I like about being a happy member of my family by smoking. You know, it's a much deeper calculus. Yeah. And a lot more complicated, right? I mean, it's then like, I don't want to not, I don't, I, don't, I really want to smoke, but I don't want to lose my phone for two weeks.
1: It's a, it's a longer game. Let's go back to younger kids. The best practices. This is what you were saying. I'm going to go to a, you know, a parenting expert here, but you just said the same thing. Jasmine. I am a parenting. Yeah, expert pretty anymore. much. I'm very good at this. She <laughs> says like, put, for little kids, the punishment, I mean, ideally for everybody, but especially for little kids, the punishment has to be logical and immediate. Yep, it has to be connected to what they did wrong because they don't have abstract thinking. So you you can take if your 16 year old punches his brother, you can take his phone for the night, and he understands the connection. His his abstract reasoning has evolved enough that he understands that that's the punishment. A a three year old's not really going to get that, and it also has to be immediate. This reminds me of like the dog training stuff. I always go back to if if marshmallow does something wrong. And, you know, she poops on the carpet and I find it two hours later. She's like, "What? why are you yelling at me? She doesn't she doesn't get it. And I think that we, you know, little kids are kind of the kind of the same way. It has to be close together and it has to be. And I'm telling
0: tales of myself right now. This is the quicksand of my like young kid parenting life. Do not threaten things you are not going to do. Oh, absolutely. Do not write checks with your mouth that you are not going to cash. If you say, if you hit your brother one more time, you are leaving the movies. You have got to be prepared to pull three, my in my case, three kids out of the movie theater. Like, you only, you don't have a lot of rope with that. Like, the more times you say... And that's the thing. I've said it, and then I try really hard to do it. But sometimes I've said things that I don't mean. Like we're having a really good time at like a street fair or something, and I'm like, if you two touch each other one more time, we're leaving here. And then I'm like, oh, why did I, why I just did say, I say that? that? Right? I don't want to leave. It's not that big a deal that they're touching each other. But now that I've said it, I, I don't. You don't have that many times to be like, if you don't do this, we're leaving if you don't do it, they get that really fast. You're not, you're not a person of your word, you know? And so they just start ignoring those threats. And we've talked about this with your dog, that it's like, if you say, marshmallow, sit, 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 sit. And then she finally sits down. She learns that my owner
1: has to say sit seven times, and then I have to sit. I I totally agree. I have been the the mom. I had I had my two kids on an uptown city bus in New York City once, and and my younger guy was you know screaming and carrying on about something, and I'm like, if you don't stop it, we are getting off this bus at the next stop because nobody around here wants to hear. And I was really performing this for the other people on the bus who didn't of want course. to hear my kids scream, and they were all giving you know giving me a hard time. So I'm like, look what a good parent I am. You will get off the bus if you don't stop. And he was like too, so he was like, eh, like what like didn't believe me. We, and we got off the bus and I had to like, you know, drag him home through the rain and now he's really crying and like, but I did it because I said I was going to do it. And I did it. And even if people weren't watching me, I still, yes, am an extreme believer in following through on what you say you have to. I know lots of people who don't, but yeah, it doesn't work. If you're, if you're trying to use the threat as a deterrent, which it can be, right? Like if you, if I see you hit your sister with that lightsaber one more time, it's going to have to go on the high shelf for a week because I don't like how you're doing that. That can work very well. It is effective, but you have to follow through.
0: And then I think you have to, you do have to have some zero tolerance stuff in the house. Like we have a zero tolerance on hitting. So like anytime you hit, you're out. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're like if you're doing your homework, you're out and you can do your homework later. And when the other kids are on screens, you'll be doing homework, zero tolerance policy. Like nobody touches each other in the house. And then we have, and always have always had a zero tolerance for tantrums in the main areas of the house. (laughs) No tantrums in main areas. No, like if you're going to carry on and fuss, you have to go somewhere where we can't hear you because we don't want to deal with it.
1: When my three were little, like, you know, like five, three and one, we established some house rules like this. Like, I'm tired about punishing. like These are just like, I'm not going to say this again. We don't hit each other. Right. So I let them come up with what the rules should be. And then my five-year-old, you know, wrote them and my three-year-old made the pictures and we hung them up in our kitchen where they stayed for years. And one of them was no drilling your sister with a picture of like a baby and then another person holding a drill and drilling their sister. It never happened, but it was because it was a rule. No drilling your sister. No, that's a good one. That's a
0: solid (laughs) rule. The other way we approach this sometimes is I have a 10-year-old who is getting kind of tweeny and he... Just, we call it ugging me. I say to my kids like three times a day, don't ug me. It's time for dinner. Ugh. And I'm like, I don't want to hear ugh as a response to anything I say again. And sometimes with those, I give them 10 boxes on the whiteboard. It's all about the whiteboard, guys. And I will say, because I don't want to get into the thing. I don't think it's realistic for like a 10 going on 14 year old to never have a rude response and never roll his eyes. Like he's figuring stuff out and expressing himself but if it starts to get bad, I'm like, we're going to account five. If I have to tell you this five times tonight, you are done for the night and you'll have to go to bed. And then he's like, fine mom. And I'm like, that's one. We don't get into like, don't you dare. Speak. We do sometimes of course, cause I lose my temper and I'm like, don't you ever speak to me that way again. But I just try to keep it neutral and calm. Like that's one. And then he's like, this is dumb. That's two like, and it's just your choice. Like, can you get it together or not? And if you don't, you're going to bed. And sometimes pulling him out of the equation at 645 and sending him to bed results in a lot of anger and temper tantruming. And then it's like, that has to happen in your room. I'm sorry you're upset, but you may not speak to me that way. Hopefully we'll have a
1: better day tomorrow. I do the counting thing too. There's a book called One, Two, Three Magic. I haven't read it in years, but I read it when my kids were little and it is it is this like stay calm, you count them. I'm gonna count to three and then I'm going to turn the television off. Mm-hmm. Why would you, that's one, that's two. And it works, it works so well and it really cuts down on the yelling, but you have to be 100% consistent on following through with the calmly presented consequence. You have and to do I think it. there's
0: room to be reasonable in that stuff. Like now that my kids are into like certain types of video games that are like longer, or they're watching something on TV, you know, I do think there's room to, to think, I heard someone a long time ago talking about like, okay, your kid like spills their milk at the table. And it's like, that's it. No more milk for you. And you know, can you think to yourself, like, what if I spilled my milk? Like I've, I've made a gesture and knocked my beer over at dinner. And it's not like my husband's like, that's it. No more beer for you. Like, you can you can kind of try to think about it and have a heart about it and say, okay, like, some things are mistakes. And now that my kids are on those kind of, like, games and shows and stuff, I'll try to say, okay, guys, we have to wrap up screens. You have 45 minutes of screens in the afternoon, and you know that's the limit. So try to plan around that. But if at 45 minutes I go down and they're like, oh, I'm right in the middle of something, I'll say, how much longer do you need? And if they say 12 minutes, I say, no, that's too long. I'm sorry. Can you wrap up in five? And I try to not just be like the automaton of like respect my authority and the rules are the rules. Like, of course, the rules are the rules. And if you're roughhousing and being a jerk and I've told you 10 times to stop and then you spill your milk, no more milk. But if you just or talking, you make a gesture and you knock it over, like, okay, that, that could happen
1: to anybody. Like, you got to try to keep your heart involved in it. I think the most important thing with little kids is the is the circling back at the end, right? They went to their room, they sobbed because they hit their sister and now they're, they're feeling very sorry for themselves that they got sent to their room or whatever. Is the circling back, not in the moment, not when they're in red brain, but when everybody's calmed down, like, do you understand why you were sent to your room? Do you understand why we don't hit each other in this house like do do you understand in a calm non yelling way, just make sure the point is driven home because that's that's the point. You don't want them hitting each other and and it can often get missed, I think, for little kids,
0: and even for older kids, I think that this still carries on a little bit in that sometimes I will go up at bedtime and say to my 10 year old. Hey, that was a rough day. It just seemed like you were frustrated with me all day. It was making me frustrated with you. I was yelling. You were talking rudely. I just don't like it when we're like that. So I guess we just had a rough day with it today. Tomorrow, let's just try to reset and not try to do that again. And I think it's helpful. And it's, and it is, I mean, tweet, tweet, like I don't see me and my kids as equals. I'm the authority figure and they like must bend to my will fundamentally, but I think it's okay as kids get older to sort of start opening that dialogue of like, that didn't feel very good. How can we stop that from happening again? We did that with the screens. I was like, guys, I want you to enjoy your screens, but I cannot have a
1: 15 minute fight every single time we watch screens about turning them off. How can we do it? Because the goal is a harmonious home, and the goal is getting the TV yeah. turned off. The goal isn't respect my authority. That You you would rather do this without punishing them and yelling. So, so, yeah, so get to that stuff. If you see
0: your parent as just, like, random authority machine that just spits out random punishments, it, it's not going to be a harmonious relationship that makes you want to behave differently.
1: It just makes you want to be like, I can't wait to get out of here. I think this leads us into effective punishments for older kids. So let's take a break and then we'll have some more talk about that when we get back.
0: Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast
1: is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing.
0: We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used hero bread. It What does it mean when you get punished?
1: Like, something
2: bad happens to you.
0: And why do you get punished?
2: If you do, like, something bad. Like, if you shoot someone, you get punished.
0: Okay, but what is a reason that a kid would get punished?
2: If they, like,
0: break a really expensive lamp.
1: Why do parents punish their kids? So the kids know that they're not supposed to do the thing that they got
0: punished for. What is the worst punishment that can happen to a middle schooler? You get detention. (gasps) What is detention? Detention is where you talk with the principal. That sounds really, really bad and scary. It's not scary,
2: but it is bad.
0: Do you ever do anything wrong?
2: Sometimes, of course, everybody does something wrong except saints.
1: Are punishments fair? Well, I think punishments are fair if the punishment fits the crime. You're jamming me with that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be clever on top of everything else?
0: Like, what are some things that kids do to get them in trouble? Watching Family Guy. Why is it not allowed to watch Family Guy?
2: Because it's not appropriate.
0: What about at school? How do you get punished at school?
2: Um, principal's office.
0: Is that is that bad?
2: Very bad. Your parents would not like that at all.
0: What? Is the worst punishment that can happen to a first grader?
2: Uh they get sent to the principal's office.
0: What happens? I've heard about this principal's office. It sounds very scary.
2: Because um then like the principal gets mad at you and the principal runs the school.
0: So So that's, like, even worse than just getting in trouble with your teacher. You go to the big lady at the top, and she gets mad. Yep. Your big problem, you only have really one big behavior problem, which is what do you do at night when you're supposed to be sleeping?
2: I stay up late.
0: (laughs) And your punishment is that you have to wake up for school even though you're really, really tired. Oh, I get
2: it.
1: Okay, so my question about punishing older kids, of which I have, I guess, three, I have at least two at this point, I have a tween and two teens, is that like the phone becomes the currency. Like, give me your phone. Give me your phone. That's sort of that's sort of what I go to these days. And is that okay that that's basically the only punishment I give them? Can you think of a specific example? Sure, right. Like, I don't like how you're talking to me. You just lost your phone. <laughs> like, like that, like that's that's what you use, and it's currency and it's effective and it's not directly connected, but they're abstract thinkers, so who cares? But is it is it Dr. Carl Pickhart calls it the game of takeaway, like deprivation. That's the sort of easiest way to to discipline an adolescent. But it's passive, he argues. Like it's a passive thing. It doesn't require anything of them, or you really. And so it's like it's effective, but could be more effective.
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like you just get into like it's like we call it like the great junk exchange at Christmas where everyone's just like, here's your cheesecake gift card. Here's your ice cream gift card. Like it starts to feel a little bit like the phone is just traveling back and forth randomly almost,
1: you know. Well, it's not random because, I mean, they're like they are once they're teenagers, their social lives more and more live on that phone like they're not just playing games. They're, that is, That is how they're going to ask their friends about homework, find out who said what to who. It's all happening on the phone now. It's not happening, you know, <laughs> in real life. And so it's it's an extremely hot thing for them. So it isn't useless. It's definitely effective, but it's it can be it's it's not letting the punishment fit the crime necessarily.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I don't have kids. I mean, my kids are still pretty responsive to the the fundamentals, like almost, I mean, I still will give my 10 year old a time out. <laughs> like it's like, they're still really pretty responsive to like the very basic things of like, if you do this, you won't be able to continue doing the thing you like doing. Teenagers, it's a mysterious world, but I just, I don't mean it's random, but you know what I mean? It's just like a constant back and forth of like, bad phone bad phone it's like is there another way to get underneath it that that seems a little more effective well he's here's but what he says
1: so i don't know so dr pickard i he he talks about depriving versus other ways of punishing adolescents so he's like if you're going to deprive adolescents which i think is the is the go to for most of us don't take away everything because then they have nothing to lose like that's a that's an obvious one but don't take away their phone and their ability to walk home after school with their friend and like, don't you know, don't give yourself something else to work with. Well, that's smart. That's right. right. Always leave something on the table. Right. And going back to what we were saying before, it, you don't scream out in frustration, no TV ever for the rest of your life, unless you mean right. it. Don't take away, he says, don't take away pillars of self-esteem. This goes back, I think, to not shaming the kid. Like, don't take away the basketball mm. team. I mean, unless right. they like, Hold up a convenience store or something, right? Like, don't, (laughs) don't. But at that point, you might need more help, right? Right. Then, then maybe there's some other podcasts. But, but yeah, like, don't take away the pillar of self-esteem. Don't shame them. He says, don't restrict all social contact with friends. Like, reduce the flow, but don't turn it off. He he's he argues, and I guess he's right that in this day day and age for kids of this age, like the social currency is so important. It moves so quickly. Being interconnected is so crucial to who they are that, you know, don't take it away for two weeks if it really needs to be for a night. Like don't, because there's costs to that. Like they're going to have to, they're going to have to climb their way out of that and you're causing other problems. So don't, don't in anger, you know, say something you don't really mean about like you don't have a phone anymore or something like that. Because that's, that's a big punishment he's arguing and you're making other problems.
0: I think it's really true. And we talked about this on another episode, the idea of like building all this in from the time they're little, like the idea of letting go and not helicoptering that like some people think, oh, when they're 18 and they go to college, then I'll let go. But if you haven't been practicing that skill and kind of Fixing it and tooling with it since they were three or four, like, okay, now I'll let you go to the snack bar at the pool by yourself. Now I'll let you walk to school by yourself and like practicing letting them be very independent. At 18, you're not going to suddenly start doing that. You're going to be going to college and doing their laundry for them. Like, you're not going to let go of it all at the same time. And I think discipline and punishment, and again, I don't have teenagers, but I think the building blocks that you build all along, which is like, listen, I'm not just a random automaton of, like, discipline that is just spitting, you know, discipline out in random directions, and every situation has expectations, and if you don't meet those expectations, it's going to go badly for you. I'm not then saying that, like, bluebirds will land on you every day, and everyone will be happy and get along, and there'll never be any conflict, but... I would suggest that if you are having really bad problems with this, with a seven, eight, nine, 10 year old, that you are starting to feel like your authority stuff is not working and you're having trouble keeping them under control and you guys are constantly butting heads and like they're spiraling and you're not sure how to meet that with the correct form of discipline, go get some help with it when they're young. Yeah. Because you're going to start doing this when they're 15 years old and six inches taller than you
1: and you can't be there like when they go out in the world you're not going to be there to say hey you weren't supposed to do that they're going to pay the price for their misdeeds and their unkind words tossed off and like they, yeah they're they're going to own that stuff and so when they're older older adolescents i think it is about sort of putting the onus on them for reparation right that 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 deprivation okay i'll take your phone but then reparation like to make things right when there's another person or thing That was harmed or wronged by your action, you have to make it right. And I'll I'll help you brainstorm ways to do that. Like can I give you an example? My eighth grader just he was goofing around with some other eighth graders. He goes to a grade school that starts like at nursery. And a bunch of eighth grade kids were, you know, unattended for a few minutes in a room with some like athletic equipment. And we're being very silly and I don't even understand fully exactly what happened, but there was a sort of like blow up, you know, clown, like one of those punching bag kind of things, you know, the clown, you like, you punch it and it bops, it falls over and then it stands back up. I would say okay. that's an old Deluxe alert, but there was one in my kid's school. So the kids were playing it's with still it.
0: still an old Deluxe alert.
1: Back in my day.
0: I have more questions than answers, but let's just keep moving. Well, it's
1: cuz it's a school that's for like 3-year-olds and 13-year-olds, okay. right? All so right, I don't know why this is there gotcha. either and why the 8th graders are with it, but somehow a bunch of roughhousing boys like were goofing around with this thing and they put a hole in it. And shocker. Yeah, shocker. And, you know, the uh, PE teacher was like, "Look, they need to learn respect." She was, you know, pretty upset about it cuz I guess it's not the first time something like this has happened that they need to respect that the stuff is for the younger kids, it's not for them. So, my kid has to contribute towards buying a new one out of his own money, fine. But she also said, I'm going to take away recess for a couple of days and he's going to come help with the lower school gym classes during that like precious, precious 15 minutes of recess. And he's done that for a few days. And, you know, I was behind that because he's making reparation and hopefully engaging in some way with like, okay, so these are the little kids that I need to be thinking about and the stuff's for them. And I guess it was kind of, thoughtless that we like ruined their thing. And that's, that's p- proper, I guess, punishment for an adolescent. I think that makes sense, but it makes me think of another thing
0: about taking away recess and stuff that I, I've been dealing with, with like some of my kids and like misbehavior. One other thing I would say about the punishment thing is like, without getting too tweet, tweet precious, like, oh, my angel didn't, didn't, did, did something wrong for a reason. That's an example of like, okay, the boys are roughhousing and you know, whatever they made a mistake. I sometimes have the thing where I will come home and I'll spend an hour like yelling at the kids and like, you go in your room and you did this and you've lost your screens. And then I'm like, everyone's hungry. Try to remember before you go, like if you find yourself in like full-time punishment mode, like what is causing that behavior? Yeah,
1: that's it's the iceberg. There
0: may be something there. Yeah. I mean, you might say in that case, like, what? <laughs> You know, like it might be part of this school to be like, maybe the eighth graders shouldn't be unsupervised here if this has happened right, several times, right. but whatever. Like there might be solutions, but especially for younger kids, I think sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, my children have become like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and like had full personality transplants. And then I think, Oh no, wait, they didn't sleep well last night. Today's just going to be a mess. Let's just try to get through it. And I'm not like as disciplinary or Oh, wait, they haven't had a snack in three hours. Let me feed them and let me see if I can turn this thing around.
1: Yeah, because you're right. Because the goal, again, the goal isn't I will discipline and you will. The, the goal is not hitting the sister. Like, the, like the, the goal is peace in the home. So if you can get to that without punishments and discipline, good for you. And sometimes you need them. And The goal is peace in the home. And the other big
0: goal, I think, is training your children to be able to self-regulate. And I have one kid who self-regulates like every day is just self-regulation. Like, oh, I'll do this and that. Never. I mean, never a minute's trouble. I have a kid who is extremely dysregulated and has a lot of trouble with this. And like he, if somebody bumps into him, he can, he'll be like, that, that was a personal front there after me. You know, he just sees the world in a difficult way, which is, it's hard for him. And he's got a very low frustration point. And I really stay pretty hard on top of him because if he cannot learn to self regulate and make better choices and defer gratification and not punch people he's mad at, his life is going to be much more difficult. He's got to figure it out. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And the way I'm doing that is by like, really trying to make the punishment fit the crime but like keeping those parameters pretty tight on him cuz the
1: goal is accountability right the goal is for him to to realize oh, i don't want to do this because i want to keep my friends and i want to be nice to be right. around and 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 the goal, the goal is like
0: functional adulthood like if the cashier bothers me i don't reach over and punch his face like i mean life is full of annoying people and difficult situations and life is also full of things you don't want to do and have to do anyway and so it is kind of your job to like set those parameters from the biting toddler, which is like, we we can have a lot of fun, but biting ends all the fun. To the like kids on screens and like, okay, you love playing screens, but there are rules around them. And if you can keep them, you can keep having fun. And if you can't, you're not going to be able to have this fun. To teenagers where it's like, hey, at our house, smoking is completely not allowed. And so if you choose to Smoke your home life is going to get much more uncomfortable. Do you really want to make that trade off? Like these things just replicate at every age and stage.
1: Yeah, they do. And so we want to we want to move them towards accountable adulthood. And I guess that's going to happen like a very little bit at a time.
0: Yeah, and I I definitely understand that. Like easier said than done. Like stop by my house sometime at six thirty <laughs> at night and like hear me screaming at my kids like we will never <laughs> breathe air again if you don't stop hitting. Like I do all the bad things, but. I feel like I've come to a pretty strong understanding of like what the goals are and what works and what doesn't.
1: Can I give one more takeaway on this that I thought was a good one? Please do. Once the punishment is over, once the kid has served the sentence, let it go. So let it go. So this is a quote from Dr. Picard. He says, a parent who holds on to past violations, who will not let them go, what one teenager called keeping books against me, it builds up a history of complaints that no young person can ever overcome. And, and again, you're leading, you're creating another problem when you do that. So they, they did the sentence. They are set free now to go ahead and, and send no more, go out into the world, expect the best from them instead of reminding them all the times they screwed up. I'm also going to briefly take the flip side of that, which is I have an
0: anxious kid who sometimes when he gets in trouble, it gets him very, very upset. And so we have developed a phrase in our house, let's put a check by that. And so sometimes he'll come back, you know, especially if we've ever had a thing where like every once in a while, like whatever, they're fooling around in the house in a way and, you know, it happens that like I'll be like, cut that out. And they'll turn because they're like spinning around and hit me in the face or something. And like that kind of stuff. Like he gets so upset by that. Like, oh, I did something wrong and I hurt someone. And I will say like, okay, now you have to go to your room. But he'll occasionally like three or four days later, come back and be like, I feel so upset about that thing where I hit you in the face. Or even I feel so upset by that thing where I watched the thing I wasn't supposed to watch or whatever it is. He he takes it hard. Wow. And I'll often say, let's put a check by that. I have forgiven you for that and that is over. So, from your side, it's also okay. Cause he just is anxious. And when he gets in trouble, he holds on to the anxiousness of like, it upsets him a lot to get in trouble. And so, kind of from both ends, it's like, okay, we've apologized, we've served our punishment, and now you are rehabilitated and I am moving you out into the world. You're not on parole. Like, it's over.
1: You're closing the circle, which for that kid, that's a kid that doesn't need to hear. So now, do you understand why I told you he runs about some kids? Some kids right. need that. Like, so you do remember why you, this had to happen. And right? he needs he it
0: doesn't. on some things. Like, sometimes he's like, You're always so unfair that you make us turn us off the TV. So I have to be like, eh, eh, No, here's the rule, and we do it. But sometimes when he gets in a certain type of trouble that he worries that, like, he did a bad thing, he needs to hear from the other side. Like, I that is fine. You have understood why you did it wrong. And now we don't need to talk about it anymore. You're not in trouble about that anymore. Both of my kids do that. I think we solved it. We definitely solved this. One. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we're like, that was hard to solve. Guys, we solved it. You're done. We know what works. We know, what doesn't work. <laughs> Let the punishment fit the crime. We want to hear about what's working for you. You can find us on our Facebook page or our Facebook community by
1: searching for What Fresh Health Podcast on Facebook. And you can also find us on Instagram at What Fresh WhatFreshHealthCast and on Twitter at WFH Podcast. And Amy was back
0: with her fabulous studies this week. We've had a couple more conversational episodes, and Amy has been study deficient. But now you can come to WhatFreshHealthPodcast.com And read all of Amy's studies, which makes her so happy when you do that, guys. Yeah, yeah, it does. Amy likes to see those link (laughs) clicks on the studies. I do love research, though. I mean, this is just a good job for me. You worked hard on them, and I want people to appreciate them. And they're going to, I can (laughs) say.
1: all right then thanks don't everybody don't punish
0: amy by not reading her stuff. right guys. right
1: don't don't withdraw your love that makes me really no, feel love bad about myself that would be horrible
0: so listen guys we understand that we're telling you a lot of stuff that it's like yeah easier said than done but try it that's the thing go forth and try some punishment that fits the crime and We will too
1: right we're gonna try we will
0: thing. too we'll do it at our house perfect and everyone will be happy and with that guys we'll talk to you next time bye